0: What is your next mission from God? We all have one. God has something in mind for us right where we are. Welcome to Your Next Mission from God with Julie Durko, where the saints show us how it's done. They've been through it, and sometimes they even got it wrong before they got it right. Based on Julie's book, Discover Your Next Mission from God, Saints Who Found God's Will and How You Can Too. Julie shares unique stories from the lives of the saints to show how they searched for and discovered God's will for their lives.
1: Most of us have seen a miraculous medal. Many people wear them. A picture of it on the medal is Mother Mary. She's standing on the globe, and she's got rays of light coming from her open hands, as if to uh, send blessings on the earth, and she's praying for the earth and. It says, printed in the circular um, frame of the medal, it says, O Mary, conceived without sin, pray for us who have recourse to thee. On the back is a crucifix and a big M intertwined with the sacred heart of Jesus and the Immaculate Heart of Mary and the 12 stars surrounding it. And it's a very beautiful medal and one that many Catholics wear. I wanted to talk to you a little bit about the stories, They're stories of conversion, mostly that are famous regarding the Miraculous Medal. I'll just give you a little backstory about how the Miraculous Medal came to be. And then we'll get into the storytelling because there are two stories and they're just, they're magnificent. In 1830, our mother Mary appeared to Sister Laboree. She was a sister of charity in France. And then she asked her to have this medal made according to her instructions. And so she did. She lived uh, a, a very quiet life serving the poor. Nobody knew that she was the sister receiving the messages from Mary regarding the miraculous medal. Anyway, the medal was struck, distributed, and there were so many miracles associated with it that it came to be known by the name we call it the Miraculous Medal. So the first story I want to tell you about takes place in 1842 in Rome. And it's about a Jewish man and his name was Alphonse Radisbon. And he's going on a trip. He's touring Italy and kind of getting his last hurrah in before he gets married. And he ends up in Rome accidentally. Everything goes wrong for him and he ends up in Rome, which was not his destination. You see, Young Alphonse was not interested in Catholicism. He was anti-Catholic and Rome was not on his agenda to visit. It's the last place he wanted to end up. One of the reasons why it was uh, abhorrent to him to think about the Catholic Church was because his own brother had had undergone a conversion and had become a priest and was in the Holy Land serving. And so as a priest of the Holy Catholic Church and Alphonse just believed that the church took his brother away from him. And that was only one reason. He was definitely anti-Catholic. He's in Rome and not where he wants to be. And he hears somebody call his name and he turns around and it's an old classmate, Gustave Buceris. Anyway, Gustav is the brother of Baron Theodore Buceres, So he ends up getting associated. He ends up at the Baron's house through through different things. But the interesting part about it is that the Baron was a very enthusiastic Catholic. Alphonse just didn't know what he was getting into. Anyway, he ends up at the Baron's house and uh, they end up having an argument and going on and on about it. In order to bring this argument to a conclusion, the baron makes a proposition. He proposes its You could call it a dare. He called it a test. He proposes a test in front of his family and he wants to know what what the test is. In here, I'll, I'll quote the baron. To wear something I'm going to give you. It's a medal of the Holy Virgin. It appears quite ridiculous to you, no doubt, but as for me, I attach great importance to it. So then he shows him the the medal on the cord, and it's interesting too because he's like, "Okay, it's not gonna do me any harm, you know. I'll I'll wear it." And so the, the little daughter, the Baron's daughter, puts it around Alphonse's neck. But then that's not the end end of it. You know, you must say the memorari of Saint Bernard. It's going to render the test. No, it won't. The test isn't going to be a real test unless you say this as well. You don't have to believe it. You don't, but, but say it every day and wear this. And that was the dare. So of course, in front of the family and the little girl had put it around his neck and all this business. So he agrees to do it and he ends up doing it. And while he's still in Rome and he's getting ready to leave in a few days and he's just having fitful night's sleep and funny religious dreams and his spirit is really being kind of attacked in a spiritual way and he doesn't know what to make about it. Meanwhile, this is where the story gets very interesting. There is a man who is dying. His name is Comte and Comte and the Baron end up having some sort of a meeting later and the Baron is telling Comte all about Alphonse, that this, this, Jew, this young Jewish man, he's 28 years old, he's very confused, he hates the Catholic Church, his brother's a priest, but he did agree to wear the medal and he did agree to say the memorari as a dare or a test. And Comte says, you know what, I'm gonna pray for him. And he prayed rosaries for him and um, memoraries for him. Uh, he, he prayed intently for Alphonse. And then he died. Comte died. Okay, so now Alphonse is getting ready to to leave Rome. He goes back to see the Baron to say goodbye. He ends up arriving at the Baron's place at a time when uh, the Baron is just getting ready to leave and he says, come with me. I've got to go to the church. A friend of mine has just died and I need to go and make arrangements for him. They go to the church together and uh, while the Baron is making arrangements Alphonse just wanders into the church to pass the time. And this is where it gets very interesting. He gets into the church and he starts feeling very strange, like I shouldn't be here kind of feeling. And he goes to exit the church, but there's a big black dog, fierce and menacing, blocking his way. And he can't leave. And suddenly, So he turns and then the dog disappears. And then in an alcove, there's this beautiful light and he goes to see what it is. And it's the Blessed Virgin Mary. And she doesn't say a word to him, but her eyes were just, they were full of, of knowledge of him and love of him. And in this moment he had an infused knowledge of heavenly things that he didn't realize how proudful he had been and everything and what he didn't understand and and so he just breaks down in tears and he's just sobbing there for who knows how long and finally when the baron is done with his business to arrange the funeral for Comte he comes to see Alphonse and finds him just bent over crying and fully converted. He's, he's baptized not too many days later because he had a lot of infused knowledge. He understood things that, that many of us take years to understand. Anyway, he ends up not getting married, he ends up becoming a priest and joining his brother. And that's his story. And isn't it beautiful? It involves missing a train, missing a boat, getting in the wrong line to get to the wrong place, seemingly. Uh, to get in touch with this person who's gonna be instrumental and then a dying person who offers their last sacrifices for you and it goes it, it's just there's many layers to the story and there's even more details at the center of it was Our Lady and the miraculous medal that she gives us for the conversion of others and this is why I say maybe it would be a terrific Christmas gift along with uh The prayer, the Memorari, would be lovely gift to give anybody. And maybe you have to be kind of creative and get someone to wear it and say the prayer uh, like the Baron did (laughs) to somebody who was unbelieving. Anyway, that's the first story. And now the second, which is, which is just as amazing, even more so. And it takes place in Mississippi, United States here in 1943 in a prison. Claude Newman was a 20-year-old African-American and he was in prison. His crime was ambushing and shooting a man. There was a a fellow prisoner who who had something around his neck and he grabbed it and 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 he broke it off and he threw it on the ground and Claude said, what was that? And he said, take it. Just I don't want it. So Claude picked it up, not This guy doesn't know a thing about Catholicism. He doesn't know anything, but he picks up the miraculous medal and he thinks, well, I'll just wear it. And so he puts it on and he wears it. That night he had a a vision which he was sure that he wasn't sleeping, but he told this to to the chaplain, the Catholic chaplain later. He had this vision. The most beautiful woman that God ever created came to him and she said, Quote, if you would like me to be your mother and you, my child, send for a priest of the Catholic Church, unquote. And then she disappeared and he screamed, a ghost, a ghost. He wasn't sure what it was, but he knew he needed a Catholic priest. So he made arrangements asking for a Catholic priest. And Father Robert O'Leary is the priest that that came to him. Father O'Leary found that Claude was illiterate, that he didn't know anything about Catholicism, but he was really impressed by his experience. And in the prison, there was a catechetical team teaching catechism, and he started learning that. But it appears that Our Lady was still visiting him because in In the catechism class in the in the prison, one time the uh, father was teaching about the sacrament of confession and, and Claude just kind of volunteered. Oh, I know about that. The lady told me that when we go to confession, we're kneeling down, not before a priest, but before the cross of her son, and that when we're truly sorry for our sins and we confess them, the blood he shed flows down over us and washes us free from all sins. And then he then he was it felt bad for blurting out in class. He goes, Oh, I'm, I don't be angry with me. I didn't mean to blurt it out. But these little signs told the priest that something really special was going on inside of Claude, that that Our Lady had reached out to this the son of hers and was reclaiming him, preparing him for heaven because he was going to be executed very soon. You know how they how prisoners get a last meal and everything. What he wanted was a party. Because he knew he was going to heaven, he he'd been baptized, he'd received Eucharist, he'd gone to confession. He loved Our Lady. He loved Jesus so much, and it was like finding the, the the most precious thing right before he died. So he was really looking forward to to his execution and going to heaven. And so they had the party cake and ice cream and everything. And then, um, and then the morning of the execution, the sheriff came running in and said uh, that the governor had had given two more weeks that that he would not be uh, executed for two more weeks. And Claude broke down crying. He was so sad because he was ready to go. And so the priest said, you know what, I think that maybe this two weeks is, is there's a purpose in this. There was a prisoner also in the prison named James Hughes, who was who had a hatred for Claude, hatred for the church. Hatred for all things holy. And Father O'Leary said, you know, Claude, spend this two weeks praying for him. Offer your suffering that you had to wait two weeks for James because, you know, James is in a bad way and he's not set on the right path. So that's what Claude did. And then finally he was executed on February 4th, 1944. But that's not the end of the story. And then it came time for James Hughes to be executed. And he was opposed to any spiritual help. He was violently refusing at at cursing, blaspheming, blaspheming, even while he was seated in the electric chair. And they're strapping him up and getting ready, ready uh, to to be done with it. And then suddenly he screams, get me a priest. And of course, it's Father O'Leary, you know, the, the priest who helped Claude and And he he approaches and while he's seated in his electric chair, just the two of them, Father O'Leary hears his confession, um, prepares him for his death and everything is good. But they have a little bit of a conversation there. And as it turns out, James explained to Father O'Leary that he had seen Claude and the Blessed Virgin behind him. Her hand was on his shoulder. And that Claude had asked Our Lady to show James a glimpse of hell so that he could repent and know where he was going. And he did. He did get to have a glimpse of hell. And that's when he screamed for the priest, all his pride, everything gone. He's like, get me a priest. And so his soul was saved too. So that's the end of that story. Both of those stories are tied in with the miraculous medal. So now we can understand why we might want to, to give a miraculous medal to somebody we love. Pray with me, Jesus, Mary, Joseph,
0: we love you. You've been listening to Your Next Mission from God with Julie Ondurko, produced at the studios of Matri-Day Radio in Portland, Oregon. To listen to this podcast, visit matri To find out more about Julie's book, Discover Your Next Mission from God, Saints Who Found God's Will and How You Can Too, or if you're in need of a Catholic speaker for a parish mission, retreat, conference, or event, visit catholicfinishstrong.org. That's catholicfinishstrong.org.